Did you know that men also experience postpartum after childbirth? Ladies, it's just not us that's experiencing different changes mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sometimes physically. Today, my husband, therapist Sam Jones, is going to dive deep into the signs and symptoms and traits that men experience when having postpartum for men. Stay tuned if you want to hear about this. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Business of Marriage podcast. This is your girl, Tova Jones, also known as the wife of the therapist. Hey, and this is Sam Jones, known as the husband of a serial eclectic entrepreneur. You better let him know. And together we are the Jones Unit. Happy Friday, everyone. We are here. Listen, y'all have been blowing up my my DMs, texting me like, "Where is Sam's um uh podcast?" It was at? just like three people. It was like thirteen people I, between. I, I, I didn't tell you that. everybody. I just told you my mom and some other people, <laughs> but literally thirteen people. I counted. I was like, "Dang, people really like Sam." I think it's because you don't really talk much. They really want to hear what you have to say. I feel like I talk a lot, and I think also the topic is very interesting. They've right? Been waiting for it. see, I had to make them wait for great expectations. Listen, y'all. Last week we had some technical difficulties, so <laughs> we did not jump on and be able to upload the podcast so excuse us for that we are going to definitely be more consistent with our um podcast y'all this season it's just been some ups and downs some child children some (laughs) some schedule changes and some technical difficulties but we have never left you all for more than two weeks so i think we're doing but that's a lot in the podcast world though I mean, if you're on a week to week cadence, yes. But if you say, we are on a week to week cadence, that's what I'm saying. So technically, we haven't left people more than just a week in between, just 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 once or twice. Mm, okay, y'all heard them. <laughs> <laughs> but this episode is going to belong all to Brother Samuel Jones and <laughs> Brother Samuel. <laughs> Samuel Jones. He is going to talk about postpartum in men. Is that what it's called? Sure. No. You can have whatever you like. No, I don't want that. McDonald's. <laughs> no. No, have it your way. Yeah. No, I I don't I really want to know if is that what it's called? Sure. Bye, Sam. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> Anyhow, y'all, yes. So I'm gonna just take a second to share. Um I I'll name this um help. <laughs> We just had kids. What's happening to my child's father? Allah, this is what's also happened to me. And so um, I think it's interesting that, you know, when we talk about postpartum for guys, some of the things that we may often say is, you know, the phrase may be for a guy. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do when it comes to, you know, actually rearing a child per se or when it comes to what my expected reactions to be when the child actually gets here. I think that was all the things that I was going through uh, from the moment that a little Olivia entered the world. And I can imagine how many fathers 
you know, go through some level of place in their life where they're just like, dude, like, and didn't nobody really teach me to be a father because many of us, you know, didn't have fathers. Now I had a dad, granddad, so on and so forth. Great man of God, great man, great father, you know, but in those same places, I'm guessing just like him, you know, we don't know initially what to expect, which then means we don't know what to necessarily often cases do. All right. So let's just get that out in the open. Um, and I think that that's what most men are probably thinking until they begin to verbalize it. But what man do you know wants to say, I'm not sure of how to do a thing. Right. It's like admitting weakness. So um, now that we got that out in the open, you know, I think that uh, I'm, I'm probably like a lot of men. We want a legacy. We want children. Um, we want people to to appreciate that we have something that we can call our seed. And we can't wait for them to get here, but we're not always prepared for when they do get here and the impact that they have on all of our wives and or girlfriends and or friends. And so, you know, that takes me to just this idea of, you know, this initial aspect that hits a man. And that's the initial trauma of childbirth or the trauma of having to manage, you know, change in a household that now includes someone else. Now, I like to say trauma and or drama in this kind of fashion when it comes to having a kid. And my drama statement is this. I I think I I like to say that uh, many of our uh, responses to not knowing what to do um, are to embrace some level of some level of dramatic change that is rooted, I think, in, in our executive function of our brain. You know, a dramatic shift of what we know is similar to something that rhymes with drama, and that's trauma. And uh, having a child is not only traumatic for a woman, but creates an uncomfortable and unfamiliar place for a man, no matter how many times we become a father. And and when it comes to trauma, you know, we got to think of this aspect from this executive function of our brain. And, and in this space of our brains, there's a space that we talk about where it's fight, flight, freeze, and fall. And some of you all who are in the mental health arena and or have been to a therapist have possibly heard those terms, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And, and, and I think I want you to remember those four things when we talk about, you know, uh, uh, as my wife said, postpartum for dads, because those four things have an impact on how we navigate when those kids get here. All right. That's let me set in the stage of what's actually happening here, because I can remember like literally my own story when when we had Olivia again, my wife did an excellent job of talking about really her birth story with with Dixon and all the things that she went through and also talking about when Olivia first got here. But in that experience for me, I take it back to my firstborn and and I remember she came home and it was like liquid gold because she was quiet for like the first couple of weeks when we got home, man. I was like, yes. Oh, this ain't like nothing people have been saying. Like, she's quiet. She's sleeping. You know, all is good. You know, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, man, it's about to be cake. And then, of course, the nights of crying started to happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, instead of having a warm body to sleep next to, my wife started getting out to bed. And then she started looking at me when she wore out and tired. With the crazy eyes, like, uh, you got to get out. I'm like, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. I got to go to work. And, of course, that doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> and so, like, literally, 
I'm watching her get out tired. I'm getting out the bed tired. And I think it's those moments that made me question, like, what did I just get myself into? Like that dramatic or drama change from my life began to be like, yo, this is this is way too much. And so I think that in my own experience and also understanding how this impacts guys, I think this kind of prompted me to highlight this this piece of how these four aspects that I'm getting ready to talk about impact us as fathers, a la postpartum for dads. All right. So so check this out. So, like, again, I told you, we don't know what to do. So the first thing that I think about when it comes to one of these four phrases um, literally is flight like we as dads sometimes like got to get away some way. So what we do is we subconsciously um, but intentionally create escape plans. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie featuring Sylvester Stallone, you know, and he has this movie called Escape Plan. And literally there's like three of them now. And what he does is every time he works with a group of guys to create some level of an escape to prove that the prison system actually works that is created. Okay. Now this is what we do as guys. We create these moments where like, oh, you know what? Oh man, I got to go take care of this business right now because uh, if we don't, man, we ain't gonna be able to manage the house or we ain't gonna be able to pay this bill or we ain't gonna be able to, you know, take care of this kid. So I got to go do A, B, C, D, E, F, G all the way to Z right quick. We do that because that's a part of our flight mechanism. Like it's often cases the worst option, but it's it's a thing of like we start to notice or you might have start to notice as a wife that we start to disappear at crucial moments of need, uh, but not too much, you know, in, in, in one's own head because of a strong sense of duty. Like as dads, we had that sense of duty to take care of our kids, to take care of, you know, our family members. But in that same space, sometimes we like we we need a time to just escape and get ready and get some time to ourselves. And we're not trying to intentionally hurt you or hurt our wives. But in that same space, we need an escape. And so sometimes that escape is not always communicated, but it's like we're disappearing in crucial moments, you know, and sometimes what ends up happening is, again, you know, we start to to, to think about all these things that really have and need our attention. And we don't, you know, often cases take the, you know, the high road of being like, you know what, the number one need in our in our lives is our family and in that case, what our, our wives need or what our our children may need, which is often cases presence like they want our P.R.E.S.C.E.N.C.E. our presence, you know, in that space and not the presence <laughs> with the T. And it's hard, like in those spaces, because we're so focused on being providers. And this is called, you know, in a traditional home, per se, you know, but in a traditional sense, we're so focused on providing that we forget that, you know, like, yo, you want our you want our to be in the moment with you navigating the things that's going on with the kids when I'm just trying to find a way to escape and get some get my flight on. That's the, that's the first F there. Um, I remember this person by the name of of James and his wife had literally just had uh, a third child and they were like all under the uh, seven years of age. And he had a job at a, at a church and. You know, she was working at a school system and they often would appear like super happy, like a happy couple. They would always go to. 
go out and they would post the pictures on the gram, you know, and all the things that they were doing. But but often cases, once the wife started to open up because she did come to counseling one day and she started to open up about what was really going on. You know, she began to share that whenever there were family around on Sunday dinners or um, they had great occasions going on at the house, he literally would disappear. He would not be there. I um, mean, they had just literally had, you know, another kid. So they got three kids under seven, if you're tracking with me. And so literally, you know, at dinner time, he would then show up or when entertainment was like leaving, you know, he would show up and it was like, yo, why is this? Why is he always disappearing on me on these times where he's just leaving me to take care of our family or take care of our friends? And she was so confused by that. And so maybe some of you are like, whether you're the dude or the lady listening to this, like, yeah, that's that's him. Or, yeah, that's me. He always disappearing at crucial moments. And it all feels like it falls on me as a woman. But in that moment, that's the guy's stress response. His stress response is to literally walk away, get away, take some time for himself, get some reprieve because a guy needs to decompress from what he just experienced in the drama of his life of having a new child or trying to navigate and manage the demand of, of children. And you're like, well, this is what you're, what you're going to be called to do as a dad. That might be a, an expectation, but even in that expectation, I'm going to tell you that like it takes time for a guy to resonate with what is happening Often cases more time than it does the woman because the woman has had the child and now she's trying to navigate and manage and do what's best for the child. The dad's like, well, I'm going to do what's best by providing and getting away (laughs) slash flying away. And so, like, what do you do? What do you do when that happens? Now, each one of these little points, what I'm going to do is kind of just share like what can be done in those things when you start to notice like yo man or me as a man, I need some time to get away. And part of that is, you know, and I'll say key point number one for this is literally taking time to converse what you value the most in that time before you had the kid. Maybe what you value was work valued, having a good paycheck valued, you know, having quality time together. Maybe those things were valued, but now that the kid is in play, maybe it's, yo, I need you to be here to help me with A, B, C, D, and E. Or maybe it's, hey, I need your presence because I feel lonely that I only have the adult interaction with my my kid and my kid's not an adult. So I need some adult to adult. Like maybe that's the thing that you value. And so in that space, it begins to be imperative that you as the wife um, converse what you value the most and help me as a dad or help the guy as a dad understand what it is that you need. The other thing is, this is something that you have to do together is you got to set a shared expectation. Like is disappearing the thing that's okay. Or is it literally like, yo, I want to send you out to go do the thing that you need to do to decompress, but please come home at time X or time Y. Because we know that at this time, based on what we're noticing about our kids, like I need you to be present with me so that way we can put them to bed together or we can, you know, make sure they're doing this while you out hanging with the fellas, hanging with the guys. Maybe it'd be helpful for you to do A, B, C, D and E when you get home or whatever. But it's going to be important that you all set a shared expectation when it comes to, you know, that guys need to still get away and decompress. All right. That's going to be really important. Second thing, the second F we talked about flight. The other one I would say is freeze. Right. We talk. I said there's four F's and freeze is the second one for me. 
I think freeze resonates with me because in my time, you know, sometimes we overvalue our role and or our routine in the home as a guy. And sometimes when we create that feeling, you know, it, it's a space where our behaviors sometimes feel like they're being thrown into chaos because of change. And so if you tell me something's got to change and it's forced, like having a kid, well, I'm about to start overvaluing or resonating to what I believe helps me have a sense of normalcy or helps me have a sense of routine. And so as a guy, it begins to be like so important that like if I feel like I'm stuck, well, I'm going to double down on what I do know how to do or where I feel competent because a baby is going to make me feel extremely incompetent. I don't care how many classes the doctors or the medical systems tell me to have with my wife sitting in the room on a bouncy ball, helping her breathe and, and all the stuff that they tell you to do in the class. Like literally, I don't know what to do as a guy. I have no idea how many classes, YouTube classes, IG videos you show me. I need time to figure out what it is. And until that time, I'm going to take time to double down on what I do feel competent in because no guy wants to say that, yo, I don't understand what's happening here and or what you need from me. And so in that space, I think what men often do is they put priorities on things um, that they maybe have never done before, but because they represent a sense of regularness, regularness or routineness. It makes sense to them to gravitate to that. All right. I hope you hope you hope you track them. You like, listen, Sam, I need to get my notebook for this. You're going deep. Well, this is good because I want you to think about, you know, as a man and or if you're a woman writing these things down for your boy, for your husband. Like some of these things might be like, yeah, okay, I get what he's doing with this. And I expect y'all gonna have a whole lot of questions. I'm giving you therapist, Sam, and my real life. All right. So we tracking. So we tracking. So, you know, another example of this, right? Um, I remember getting up in the morning and my routine used to be like, yo, when I get up, you know what? I know I'm getting up at uh, seven o'clock or six o'clock to go take care of some business for whatever it is I got to do for the next day. I'm getting up at six or seven. Everything is good. All things is happening like I want before the kid. Well, I start noticing that as soon as we had the kid, because this child is getting up at all times of day and night. And on top of the fact that my wife is causing me to get up. Well, by the time I would normally be getting up at six, guess what? My schedule is about to start changing and I may not communicate it to you because at the end of the day, I still have things that I need to do. So, you know, six or seven might turn into, well, I'm getting up at four or I'm getting up at, at, at five. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I start doing the flight thing on you. Uh, but I also start doing the thing where because my routine has been jacked, I have to create a new sense of what I feel like I need to do based on my sense of duty. And that might turn and change. And so when that changes and how you feel about how a person may be, you know, in that case, you might be like, well, like he's like out of routine. Is he cheating on me? <laughs> no, I'm digging into something new that makes me feel like I have still a sense of regularity as a man. Another example, like, let's just say, you know, uh, um, I'm expecting dinner in a clean house um, before kids like and that was super appreciated. 
But now, expected under the guise that you don't want kids to, you know, choke on anything or things feel chaotic when there is an order, we might start being in a space where, like, literally, you know, all the things that we used to do to clean and to change things up, like, it's now, like, even more excruciatingly painful because I expect even more of that thing to happen when I get home. It was just like, oh, you know, we do things together and it's nice and it's clean and it looks good and all that's happening. But now, because I expect even more cleanliness, it might be like I'm being mean to you about something of my expectations based on what's happening with the children. Like a a routine change can often cases play the role of what it is that we expect as men. And so when we don't share those expectations um, because of the stress that we're going underneath, what ends up happening is we double down on what we expect even more sometimes without communicating that. If that if that's clear. And so in that space, you know, I think that sometimes we are in a space where subconsciously, you know, we want a thing to be, you know, what gives us the most rest and pleasure and please. But at the same time, when those baby comes, because we don't know necessarily what to do, it can seem like all of a sudden, like your expectations have changed, too. And you like want what you want, how you want it, sir. And that's not fair. And in that same space, we're just like, yo, like something's got to be normal here. Like something's got to be in a space where it feels routine for us as a man. And so I'll tell you this, like part of the key point that I would tell you for when we're in a moment of freezing is this. Sometimes we have to invite our spouses, the husbands into, you know, a space of like calling them in. Because you can call me out as a husband all you want or call me out as a boyfriend all you want. Calling me out does not promote change. It doesn't. Like if you you can call me out because you don't like how I did this or how I disappeared or how my routine all of a sudden changed, how I felt something was more normal. But all of a sudden in that same space, what that does not do is it doesn't call me to a space where I want to help change the issue. Because now the issue is the issue, but the issue is becoming about me about the person, but instead invite your husband, invite your boyfriend, invite me as a guy into a space where we can begin to shift this perspective together, shift the routine together. If you notice that something is changing in my life or I'm doubling down on something because of my sense and need for normalcy and regularity and routine. Okay. Hey, hi, babe. I noticed this thing is changing in you. Um, Is there something that I can do To help you feel like you have more of a routine now that the baby is here. That might be a great way to start. Now, you might be like, Sam, I've been been through A, B, C, D, and E. And my husband or my boyfriend deserves to make sure that he caters to me. That is true. I'm not saying that. But because we're in a partnership, it begins to be imperative that invitations go both ways. An invitation into helping someone navigate and manage a child because they helped you create the child but also an invitation into that person's space to say, you know what? I want to help you manage your routine, help you manage feeling comfortable and now having an addition to our family and you still having to do what you got to do in terms of manhood. All right. So just, just, just giving you facts here, facts here. All right. Um, third thing, third thing, and I'm almost through, I'm almost through is there's this space in our lives as a guy Where, you know, we go through this thing where we have to fight. All right. 
And I'm talking about not physically, but fight emotionally, spiritually, and cognitively when it comes to now having a child. Um, I think that the idea of this is that, you know, sometimes the idea that shared points of connection are no longer valued, like, ah, for example, things have changed in the bedroom or attentive attentiveness to the needs of each other or an unwillingness to serve one another. Like when we feel those things as a man, it's like, yo, when the baby came, you changed. You you don't even do what you use. You don't even be freaky like you used to be freaky no more. Or, you know, you know what? You used to make sure you affirmed me or respected me, you know, and loved on me. said I look good. But now all I see is you saying you the baby is good. Is the baby OK? Is Like everything's about the baby. And then there's that also that space where it feels like, yo, I used to cook dinner, be on the, on, on the plate, be be out in the kitchen, on the stove hot. And then all of a sudden, hey, I got a warm up meal from the freezer. A hungry man. You know, those, those blue packages with the with the yellow lettering. It says hungry man. I don't know if any of y'all eat those, but that's for the XL men out here. Yes. Yeah. What's up to the plus size brothers out there? Anyhow, like in that space, um, when we're in this aspect of like not feeling acknowledged, not feeling affirmed, we then looking at the lady like, yo, you have definitely changed and something feels off. And I think that in that space, your husband or me, the guy often feels like, yo, things are getting ready to be real combative right now. Because none of my needs are being met. Like literally the entire shift in focus has come into the kid and being about the kid or being about you. And in selflessness, some guys will recognize that. But because often cases, whether we're married or not, we're in our selfish state, our state that what is done is the best for us. That space is often cases going to throw us off. Because of that initial shock and awe of, man, everything has changed. Therefore, she's changed because this baby is now in the picture. I'm still going to feel a certain type of way because of the drama, a.k.a. trauma that's happened. And so our way of navigating that is to fight, to be combative, because seemingly paying attention to someone or something else more is creating a space where now I'm feeling edgy or hurtful. Or maybe even it feels like there's no consideration for things that I want and need. All right. And so, you know, sometimes in that space, you you also like, yo, the man's got to say something. He's got to get in the ring because now he's becoming passive. He's not sharing what's actually going on. He's not sharing what needs to be said in that space. And, and, and in that space, I would be like, yo, yeah, as a guy, we have to walk into a place where we literally are willing to get in the ring and have these conversations because our needs feel unaddressed because of change. Number one, the baby's going to create change. We know that, yo, it's going to happen, but I don't know what to do. And so I behaviorally react or I cognitively go missing or I emotionally feel displaced. And as a guy in those moments of this postpartum, aspect being able to step into the ring may feel like one extra thing that I have to do to navigate now this space of how you feel, how your emotions are out of whack and getting and and changing and all the things. And then I'm expected to still just be the anchor in the family or the anchor for my spouse. 
And those things are realistic. I'm not giving guys out. But at the same time, there are still these aspects that are hitting us as men, hitting us as guys when these things happen. And so if this is behind the psyche of a guy of, yo, I need to do something, the response could be to fight. And that can feel hurtful. It can feel in a place where it creates shame or guilt long term. But in that space, like as a man, we then have to navigate. How do we get it back in the ring? Share what we need to share with our wives or our girlfriends and let us know, let you know what's going on, because that's my encouragement to any guy is that you have some heated discussions about how you feel respectfully and that you share your point of view because a fight is literally this. A fair fight is you share your point of view. I'll share my point of view. But ultimately, we need to come to an understanding about what we both want and need and what the baby wants and needs, which is attention, love, support, getting fed, put me to sleep, all the things. But for the sake of the relationship, you got to get back in the ring because if your response as a guy is to fight or the response of your friend is to fight, it's going to take time to work towards, okay, I know and can acknowledge you're going through something too. And so what I would encourage, here's another key point for you, is to allow time to emotionally discharge for that guy. And it's, it's paramount for a moving discussion, a.k.a. a de-escalation. If your guy's already escalated about stuff going on at work and life, the baby is in some case going to only escalate him more. And so he needs a place to discharge. And sometimes if he's a conversationalist, maybe it is through communication. But here's the thing. If you're going to have a communication, if you're going to have a conversation, a talk, make sure you agree to have a fair fight. How can two people, his Bible for you, Walk together lest they agree. Scripture theology. I'm going to go with it for a second. Literally, how can two people who's in a relationship do anything unless they agree on something? Like if you're going uh, to have a moment to have a fair fight, then make sure there's agreement on what those metrics are. You can't just come into a conversation hot because you don't feel like none of your needs is getting addressed, brother. You can't. But what you can do is set the environment, set the conversation, explain at the end of the day that it's about understanding. It's about wants and needs. It's about timing and seasons. And that all those metrics, all those aspects create the space where both the woman and the man and the kid get what they need. And sometimes it means also being patient because just cause for the first six months, seven months, you know, you ain't having sex or things have changed or all those things are happening. The value and the honesty and the humility of it all is the fact that, yo, OK, I can appreciate that those things are happening because of healing. My wife, my girl needs healing in that space. And so I need to be in a space where I'm allowing myself to walk through some patience. So that way, even though there are wants and needs that I may have and I talk about them, I verbalize them. They will be met eventually. They can be as long as we are having conversations. And that's what I mean when I say get in the ring, especially if your stress response or drama or trauma response is to fight.
All right. So here's the last one. The last one I want to leave you with. And, and, and then I'll hit you with some three things to try. All right. The last one I'll hit you with is, you know, um, you know, this response called fawning. F-A-W-N-I-N-G. And the definition for this one I'll say is outwardly presenting. Like everything is okay. But inwardly, you're freaking out. So your attempt to serve, support, or share ideas is the best way you know how to act. Like I'm going to act like I know what I'm doing. Although inwardly, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Now I'm going to say something about fawning. In this case of how I'm explaining it and sharing it, I'm going to say this is at least one of the better stress responses you could have as a guy. Because if you're going to fawn, like I'm going to at least try to act like everything's all right and fit and figure out that I'm going to try to help and support and serve my spouse or serve my girl. Like, okay, cool. At least you trying, bro. Kudos to you. But I'm going to tell you the opposite side of this too. Because when you feel like you're in a space where like you, you again, don't know what to do and you're presenting like everything's okay, but in really you're freaking out like, yo, you, you're going to have to do something about that. Meaning that it's going to be a thing of you sharing like, yo, honey, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure that I know what I'm doing. I know I'm showing that I'm being a good father by making sure I get up to take care of you and take care of the kid and all the things going on. But my stress in my body right now because of this new child that just came into the earth, no matter how many children we even had, yo, it really like I'm stressed because I'm trying to figure out how we going to provide. I'm stressed because I'm trying to figure out how we going to make sure we make ends meet. I'm stressed because I'm not getting any of my needs met anyhow. And so in that place of fawning, Guess what can be a really good, considerable option from the opposite sex that administers to one of our needs? Affirm affirmation, affirmation or reminding us that we're doing a good job despite all the things that have happened in the past in the course of nine months or in the course of 10 or 11 months when the kid is here in a baby and not sleeping and then cooing and needing all the things from both of us. Affirm me as a man, because when you talk about and respect and encourage and affirm a guy, all of a sudden, you know, it's like his peacock feathers like NBC is bursting out. Doom, doom, doom. Right. Like literally like, I'm OK. OK, cool. You making me feel good. You affirm me. You know, I'm trying. You verbalizing that I'm trying You give me a pat on the butt or the back, you know, like I'm on a football team. Like, thank you. Like I did this. <laughs> I'm doing this. Even though inwardly I'm falling, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. And so in that space, like, again, I'm saying this is one of the better stress responses because we're going to have a stress response as a guy one way or another for postpartum. That affirmation is key. All right. So that's what I would say in speaking to this point. And I'm going to give you these. These are these are three freebies. All right. That I would say when these things are happening, when your man is going through some through, through some stress responses, I gave you some key points. But like literally one thing, some things that you can do is number one, allow him to grieve like he's grieving change. He's grieving um, stress of things going on. He's grieving, man, I guess I can't hang out with my boys as much as I used to, man. 
I guess I can't just have and set into a routine that I like to do all the time of going to play my video games at 10 o'clock at night. Man, I guess I do got to get up even earlier to set my day right when I was good on the way that I was doing something. Literally allow that man to grieve, please. Because in that space, it could be that, yo, in that space of me grieving, I'm going to find what it is I need to do. Because here's the thing. When a man grieves, sometimes he gets in the spaces of doing things that can become unhealthy. So to healthily grieve means to give things that begin to pour into him and or he looks for things that pours into himself that sets him on the right path of manhood, of fatherdom, of fatherdom, of of being able to be in a space to love on and support his lovely queen. All right. So allow that man to grieve. You could brainstorm ways that he could seek peace together. You can encourage him to read a book or listen to this podcast. You can encourage him to go to God. A relationship with God is a pivotal thing in this season. It could be the first time that he does it and or the next time that he gets closest to God. And encourage that man to talk to a therapist like me who knows and understands about postpartum for dads. Because we have these stress responses where if we don't talk about this to somebody, because we're going to talk about something to somebody. The goal is I don't want to have an extramarital affair by talking to a woman about it because I know she can connect with how I feel. But she also may be doing things that you can't do. And that makes me feel good. So instead, send that man to a therapist, send that man to God, send that man and get that man a book, a Bible, something to read. As a brother, you heard me talking to your spouse or your queen, but the recommendation is for you because we do have to have a space where we healthily grieve. Second thing, again, continue to encourage him to find community. You know what? I have a church. I have my frat. I have my brothers and I have a couple friends and mentors. We don't have to hide if we don't want to. I don't care how solo dolo we are. We need other men to process. Let me tell you my story, because I'm talking about experience here is I literally had two small groups of men at my church that don't look like me, that I had a chance to share and talk with and get in the Bible with, be encouraged and power with. That was a lifesaver. Because I had both them kids during COVID. And then on top of that, had my frat. Root to the good bros. Because guess what? I can call on the fr- I can call on my frat. Uncle Ken Trap. Nate Moody. I can call any of them. Chris Lovelady. Steve Smith. I'm name dropping guys because these guys were pivotal and understood what it meant to be fathers. That's my circle of accountability. Your peers. But then guess what? You got to level up too. Get a brother, get a get a somebody who's older than you that's got some experience. You got to upline somebody that you can talk to. That's a part of your community. And then lastly, guess what? There's a whole lot of younger brothers out there who are having kids that don't know anything about this, just like you, but maybe are younger than you in age and or experience. Circle yourself up with them, too, because anything that you learn, you have to give To someone else. So that way it can be back reciprocated to you. (laughs) From someone else. You give what you want. Because what you wanted. 
You had to be in the space to give. That's the circle of accountability. And so I encourage every man to find community. And lastly, you know what? I'm going to be spiritual for a second. Because at the end of the day, we have to let prayer be a cornerstone of how we communicate to God, which is the key piece of all of this. For me, I made it through because of God. I made it through through those first critical, pivotal points of my kids getting into the earth, both Olivia and Dixon, because of God. And that meant me talking to him, which meant prayer. And often cases, it's hard sometimes to be like, well, I'm going to just talk to God because I don't know if I'm going to hear nothing back. Bruh, I got in that Bible. And sometimes it meant saying, you know, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let me set it off right. But other times it meant, God, I got to pray out loud a second. I need to hear myself talk to you. But in that same space, bring the ladies back in. Let him hear you pray. Let him hear you pray. Because when you pray, maybe it's you're praying a prayer of affirmation for him. Maybe you're praying a prayer of encouragement for him. Maybe you're praying to the same God that he serves and you serve and that you're praying that maybe you can love him more, that you can encourage him more, that you can empower him through this moment and that he would meet you and find you and that he would find God, that he would meet God at another level in his life. And I would even encourage you as a lady and as a guy, make prayer visible. Maybe there's some candles, (laughs) you know, maybe you had a fireplace Maybe you got words on charts or picture frames right next to your picture frame of your new child that says, "Woo, prayer answers things. And whatever it says, it's encouraging and affirmational and empowering because men, what? They're visible. And so if prayer becomes visible, if an answer to prayer becomes visible, if the condition is right to pray and that becomes visible, guess what? At least now we having a conversation that encourages both people to lay down all the stuff that they got going on, all the drama, all the trauma, all the stress responses and leave it at the king's feet. Because he's going to set the environment for you if you set the environment for him. All right. Yo, this has been the business of marriage. Okay. I hope you are empowered and encouraged in this because I really believe like, yo, every person in this type of relationship, both the woman and the man goes through some level of postpartum and we have to honor and value one another. And in that space, it takes time to recognize and observe and see the vision of what's actually happening between us in relationship listen i gave you 43 minutes of my best 43 minutes of information that you may have never even thought about or heard before so i hope you're enjoying it i hope you took a chance to kick it and check it this is going to close out our emotion series and i hope you're going to enjoy the rest of what we got let me pray father i just thank you i thank you that men and women may have been touched by this podcast may have been touched by the words that were coming out of my mouth. 
the knowledge and the information and the revelation that came from understanding that stress impacts everybody differently and that we all have a stress response. We all have a response to this new experience that is life altering and life changing and sometimes life taking. And so in that space, God, I thank you that we can come to you, that we can honor you, that we can get with you and that you can resolve those issues that can turn into other issues because it all starts with love and it all results in culmination of understanding that we ain't trying to hurt each other. We are not trying to harm each other. We just need to understand. For the business of marriage, I'm out of here. Peace.